Welcome to Strange Phenomena, the music of Kate Bush. I am Cecily Link, and today we are going to be talking about Kite, a track from Kate Bush's debut album, The Kick Inside. I think it's very appropriate that Kate Bush has a song on her uh, first album that's named after her. Not quite, honey. Although if you switch one letter around, sure, it becomes Kate. I thought that this song was called Kate. Every time she says Kate, isn't she singing about herself? No, she's singing Kite. Oh, okay. It's just the Kate song weirdness. Okay. Yes. All clear now. Now the lyrics make a little (laughs) bit more sense. Okay, so today we have on the podcast, we have my wonderful husband, Andrew Link. (laughs) Dumb joker in chief. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) That's okay. It's part of why I love you. It's okay. It's just incentive for your fans to start calling in and become become guests on your podcast so they don't have to listen to me making silly jokes anymore. So we're here to talk about the song Kite, which is from her debut album, The Kick Inside. It has some very interesting lyrics to it. I like doing lyrical interpretations. If you're listening to the podcast, you've been going back and listening to previous episodes, you know that I like to dissect her lyrics because she always has a lot to kind of chew on, if you will. So this song opens with a Beezlebub is aching in my bellio. My feet are heavy and I'm rooted in my wellios. Those first two lines, I listen to this song and I have to smile, especially (laughs) the way she sings it. Because I'm going to be upfront with you guys here. This is not one of my absolute favorite Kate songs, at least in the recorded in the studio version. I prefer the live version that she did for the tour of life. I feel like there's a little bit more life to it, if you will. But that's just me. Feel free to disagree. But these feel free first... to come on the podcast and disagree. Yes, yeah, so feel free to come <laughs> on my podcast here, kbcast@linkmedia.com, and disagree with me here. I hear those first two lines, especially the way she sings them. They're so quirky. Yeah, well, and that's what I love about this song. I I actually (laughs) like this better than the previous song. Uh, What was that? Strange Phenomena. Mm -hmm. Because this this is so Kate. Now, if I could have the music of Strange Phenomena and the lyrics of this... Because I mean, Ooh, that would be an interesting mash up. Yeah, well, I don't. I mean, I, and I don't mean literally that melody, but I will say for this song, I'm not a huge fan of the music. I, I mm. like the, I like how light it is. I like how jaunty it is. Mm-hmm. But I don't like that she seems to be trying to do reggae and just failing in every possible respect. Yeah, I I like I can see where she was going with this song, and I I kind of like some of the regginess of it. That's a little different, but I, I'm honestly I'm kind of with you. I'm like, eh. I I could almost say keep the keep all the music from the song, but then have her not try to do the reggae voice singing. Mm-hmm. 
But, I mean, lyrically, lyrically, I love this song. I mean, Mm -hmm. just, you know, uh, and there's a hole in the sky. There's a hole. Note here that when you see the printed lyrics, that's hole as in in the ground and hole as Mm -hmm. in completeness. With a big eyeball, there's a whole thing in the sky. It's just so surreal Mm -hmm. and strange and Kate. Which makes an interesting contrast to the song that comes after this, which is The Man with the Child in His Eyes, which was recorded a few years before this song was even written. The, the chorus, okay, fine. The chorus is Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds Done by Kate <laughs> But, but I mean, the next verse, you know, I feel a rush in my body like a bullet. I'm 2D. <laughs> oh, the, okay. So for this song, I always have to look up what the lyrics are. Because until about five minutes before we recorded this, I had no idea what she was singing in the first few lines of the second verse. It sounds like I'm too... I'm through me, I push, and I don't even, I don't even know what I thought she was singing. <laughs> I feel it rushing down my body like a bullet. I get the impression that this is something about a person who is who just wants to get out and try new things and just forget about things for a while that's the impression i get of this song yeah well and she's getting out and i think she is trying new things because i mean there to the end of that i'm 2d verse you know i've got no limbs i'm like a feather on the wind I'm not sure if I want to be up here at all. And I'd like to be. I'd like to be. I'd like to be back on the ground. But, but I, don't I don't know, know how, how to get, get down. 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 Oh, and the way she stacks her vocals in this song. Yeah, I mean... So many background vocals, it's crazy! And then right after that, she jumps right back into another uh, chorus recitation where she says, she invites the listener, come up and be a kite! It's the uncertainty of doing Mm -hmm. something new. The uncertainty of being free. It's the the peril of liberty in this Mm -hmm. song. Which I think is really interesting, given that this was from her first album. This was the first time she was recording with other musicians. She wasn't just sitting at home playing for music for her brothers and her mom and her dad. And she's getting out and trying new things. But she's maybe a little scared of it, like, oh, well, I'm putting this thing out here. I'm not quite sure. 
So I think it's interesting. I wonder if she was thinking about that at all when she wrote the song, that she was equating it with, oh, now I'm signed. I'm going to get to go off on this big adventure. Whoa, cool. And I don't just have butterflies in my belly. I've got Beelzebub in my Oh, mouth. yes. So tell us, Beelzebub, what is Beelzebub? Who is Beelzebub? Uh, I did not know until five minutes before we recorded this. Well, I mean, it depends on who you're immediately discussing this with, but uh, the, the the reference is uh, a literary uh, uh, allegory for um, for the devil or for a demon or for dan- dangerous things. Uh, the the name itself comes from uh, ancient Philistine mythology. Uh, it's very connected. If anyone has ever heard the name Baal used or Baal. Oh, yeah, Baal. I always thought it was pronounced Baal or something like that. There's B-A. multiple pronunciations. and uh, it, 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 It's one of those cases where you're taking a ancient phonetic sound and trying to transpose it into modern written mm-hmm. language. Yeah. Um, but the, the concept and name of Beelzebub or Beelzebub has been imported into Western culture as sort of an archetypal evil, uh, as a, a demonic figure. Mm-hmm. Not usually like a king of demons, you know, when you're talking like uh, your, your Paradise Lost-style uh, architecture of heaven and hell, but a powerful demonic force, definitely. So absolutely, she's she's got some, some some really nasty butterflies in her stomach right now. That she does. She's really nervous. It's a very interesting way that she puts. Oh, puts. Oh, I'm feeling nervous. She doesn't just say I'm feeling nervous. She goes, Beezlebub, the devil is aching in my belly. Yeah, I mean, it it is a perfect example of using metaphor instead of mm-hmm. using direct commentary. And, and considering that she went to Catholic school and grew up a little bit more religious, I'm not surprised that that reference is in there. I didn't grow up especially religious other than going to Christmas and Easter <laughs> services, if even that. So yeah. I didn't know what... I'm like, Beezlebub, I don't know, is that like some character from a book she wrote or something? <laughs> No, oh wait, no. it is a character in a book in a way. Well, it <laughs> it also sets up a nice uh, diametric opposition because she goes straight from Beelzebub is aching in my belly. Oh, okay, that's a little bit odd. You're going from an intense, dark literary reference to ending a word with an extra O. Oh, that's kind of cutesy. Mm-hmm. To I'm shaking in my wellios. It's like I'm shaking in my boots. <laughs> I mean, in a way, it's very childish and Mm -hmm. silly, but I like that about this song. I mean, there's really nothing I don't like about this song except the stupid reggae singing. (laughs) I mean, I mean, I'm sorry. This is this is on par for me with like that Blondie song where she tries to do rap and it's just so awful. Oh, you mean Rapture? Yes. Uh, Where it's like okay. Well, and I like this song. It's it's just you're trying to do a musical style that's so different from everything else you're doing. And I salute that and applaud that. But I, I just like I don't think Blondie does an especially good job with the her kind of spoken words, talk singing, quasi rap. 
I don't think this does a very good job being reggae. Granted, my experience with reggae is more just like a few kind of like uh, a little bit of Bob Marley and a, a few kind of Christian reggae bands from the mid-90s. But it does feel very awkward as a style for Kate. I kind of, I agree. It it does feel a little bit weird, like with the, especially the way that she usually sings. I don't usually... From the reggae I've heard, you don't hear her kind of vocal style usually over reggae. Well, and I think what's happening is she's trying; she's using the reggae rhythms, and she's trying to bite her words in kind of that reggae style. Mm-hmm. But she's still doing her cadisms, yeah, so she's, she's still very English. Yeah, so she's biting her words in the wrong places and extending her words in the wrong places for it to be reggae. Yeah. So she's not, she's not adopting the style enough that it actually sounds good, so it comes off as a little awkward. But that's my only criticism. I really enjoy this song, mm-hmm. especially when she gets oh, because in this one, like her voice goes all over the place as far as her vocal melody. Like when she goes up to Diamond Diamond Kite. I'm not going to attempt that because I'm not a soprano, but she she hits a high A when she gets up to that. Well, she's just shining bright like a diamond kite. <laughs> Plus, she's singing about like trying to get away and flying, and so of course she's going to make her vocal sound like it's wee up in the atmosphere. So I know that Kate did a lot of uh, interviews about this song. Have you found any interesting interviews with her? Uh, anything where she talks about um, what this song means to her? I have not found any such things. Mostly what I found of the song was other people talking about it instead of her talking about the song. What were some of those uh Uh, really good reviews what did they say about it what did contemporary critics say about the song at the time well they basically said that her lyrics were poetic one of them is a music journal interview from december 1978 that i got from gaffa.org some of the poetry herein is unexpurgated and erotic other portions take on an inanimate pose to evoke new feelings from the listener for instance, Kate creates a flying feeling for Kite, a song that exhibits her songwriting knack for approaching a subject in some refreshingly original way. In the song, the character starts to feel he is rooted to the ground, but there's a force pulling him up to the sky. A voice calls out, come up and be a kite, and he's drawn up to the sky and takes the form and texture of a kite. Suddenly, he's flying like a feather on the wind, and for a while, he enjoys it. But the longing for home and the security of the ground overtakes these feelings. And considering that she's... A bit of a homebody, an introvert, hey, I, which I totally get because I'm a bit of a homebody. I like being at home. I totally get that. 
You know, and speaking more of the theme of the song with Kite and kind of getting out and trying new things, one of the covers released for the Kickin' Side, it's depending on whether you got it in the U.S., you got it in the U.K., or if you got it in South America, and I think there were a few other versions released in other territories, you either got a picture of Kate in a box, which was the U.S. cover, or you got the more familiar cover that was yellow with a little touch of red and there's a kite and there's a picture of Kate actually holding on. She's kind of sitting like with her legs off to the side and she's holding on to part of the kite. It looks very oriental. Okay. Okay. I see. I'm looking at that. So I, I didn't even notice before that that was a kite that she was sitting with. And also on the left side of the cover, Mm-hmm. There's a hole in the sky with a big eyeball who's calling oh, me. You're right. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so the album cover that everybody else in the world but the U.S. got was this really interesting oriental cover. And it totally, re- I, this cover totally references a song. Wow, that's really cool. And so this is the... Uh, this is, like you said, the international version from the British release and various other countries. Mm-hmm. And the American one was more plain. Yeah, the American one is, honestly, she, she looks like, okay, is this a country western album? Oh, yeah, I see that one now, yeah. Because she's all, like, she's got her poofy, you know, she's got her poofy 70s hair, and she's got her, like, thigh-high thigh boots, and she's looking, she looks like, she's... She's going to come out and sing like this or something like that. Sorry, I'm not trying to poke fun at country music here. I'm just saying that's the impression I get looking at the American cover. Yeah, I I do like the international (laughs) cover a bit better there. Yeah, because the international cover, you look at this and you go. This is a quirky album. This is quirky. And that is totally Kate. Like her style of music is quirky. Somebody I um, that I get to talk to for the next episode, The Man with the Child in His Eyes, I get to talk to a fan whose treasured possession that Kate has released is a vinyl version of The Kick Inside with that UK cover. And he always has it like up on the top of one of his bookcases. And it's, it's something he just, he walked into a, a random record shop looked through to see if there was Kate stuff and he found a UK vinyl of it and it's this beautiful international cover with her holding up the kai I think I've heard the live version and that one it is a little bit less it honestly feels a bit less like trying to do reggae and more like really I'm doing a cutesy talk singing kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like she gave up on doing the 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 British cultural hegemony thing and just went, oh no, I just want to do a cutesy talk singing. Okay. Plus the live version, well, I I like that it's got it. The, the musicians are doing an extended coda while she floats around the stage with these beautiful wings where it looks like she's flying and she's got her male dancers that are picking her up and whirling her around and she squeals. It's so cute. Listen to her squeal. It's so cute. 
And, and, and was this on the tour of life that she was doing this? Yes, this was on the tour of life. The only one from her first two albums that she did not do for the tour of life was Ode to Be in Love. Um, but this one was on the tour of life. It was released on the official Hammersmith Odeon tape. And right before the song, actually, her brother comes out and is just acting like he's a random guy walking down the street whistling to himself. And in the theater is the sound of thunder, like there's about to be a storm coming through. So it's very theatrical. That part with him coming out on the video release, you're kind of like, okay, what was this guy doing, huh? And then when I heard the bootleg, I realized, oh, wait, that's because he's coming out and doing a thing right before the song. And I didn't know that until I heard the unofficial version. this version in the live setting is that you get to see Kate acting out the song she's wearing this blue stretchy leotard that reminds me a lot of the leotard she wore for moving which was the first song she did on the tour and instead she's got these beautiful blue wings kind of things that are attached at her arms and she's like dancing around the stage and she's got her male dancers that are picking her up and tossing her around and like at one point as she's doing the really high parts with Diaim and Kite she they they've picked her up and they're like kind of swaying her around a little bit so she's not so she's not on wires no not actually flying nope they're they're picking her up and having her do that and this is also one where you get to see Kate wearing the headset mic because she's doing a lot of movement with her arms. So, of course, she has that special headset mic that she is wearing so that she can do stuff with her arms. And then after the song is done proper, then there's an ex- it's extended by about two or three minutes, and they're just tossing her around the stage, and she's, woo, woo, kind of, <laughs> it's just so cute, listening to her squeal. And then at one point, she uh, she gets down on the ground and then she pretends to be blown away off the stage while holding an umbrella and she's squealing like she's trying to get back to her dancers but instead she's ah, ah! but she's holding the umbrella and she pretends to get blown off the stage and then her dancers disappear and then somebody else comes on stage I'm gonna, I want to guess maybe it's one of her brothers and he comes back on and he's like pretending like there's he's going against wind
it was said that during the performance of this song that in the theater there actually was like a like gusts of air coming over everybody so that they could feel like they were like flying up in oh, the so air. Oh, so they used like big fans? Um, I think so. Although if anybody knows what they actually did, if anybody was actually there for this tour, because guess what? <laughs> I wasn't born yet. Let me know. KBcast at linkmedia.com or hit me up, StrangeKCast on Twitter. Let me know. What was it like watching this song live on stage? In Absolutely. And if, you've got, if you've got the ability to be recorded, I believe Cecily's planning to do a special with uh, oh, yeah. reminiscences or memories. Reminiscences. Ah. Blah. Souvenirs. From... <laughs> there we go. We'll use the French release. Souvenir. Memories from people who um, actually attended the show. Yeah, because guess what? <laughs> unless 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 a TARDIS actually comes to reality, that ain't happening for me. So, so that's what the live version was like, and they're just they're just the, the musicians are just jamming over the last two chords of the song mm-hmm. for pretty much two or three minutes while Kate is doing this extra stuff on stage. Perhaps if she were doing this now that she would actually be flying over the audience. I know she did that during uh, one of the uh, Before the Dawn shows. Again, another one where I wasn't there. But yeah, I, like the, I like the live version just a little better. I like hearing the musicians jamming out and hearing her squeal and having her fun, seeing she's having fun. Okay, I can definitely see why you would like this live version better in that case, especially with just how fun it sounds like the actual show performance was. Mm-hmm. What, what, are there okay. any recordings of other live performances? Um, there's the Manchester bootleg that I found a couple of years ago. official release from Live at the Hammersmith Odeon. You can actually get the footage on YouTube, like most things these days. it on youtube and you can see what i'm talking about with her 
swirling around the stage. And also it's really cool because they have the really cool 70s effects right as the song is starting. Like they, they pan out and you can see the musicians. And then there's a super, uh, uh, they superimpose her walking around with her dancers later on in the song over the image of the band playing before that fades away. And then you see her come down the ramp all dressed up like ready to go fly. That's just so cute. You can't help but smile. <laughs> and I do. I smile when I hear the song. There's, there's no way that you can be sad when you listen to this. Did she uh, ever perform this on TV? And if so, did she have? Um, did she? Did she use similar costumes? It was performed only once on TV. Um, cause this was not a single at all, so it didn't get any other release other than the live version. Live at the Hammersmith Odeon and the album version. This was performed on a German TV show called Bios Bahnhof, and it was on February 9th, 1978, and that was actually her TV debut. TV version. She hasn't performed this song. She hasn't. She didn't remake it for director's cut. She didn't do it on her Before the Dawn shows in 2014. Now that I think of it, the live version of this, especially when she's holding on to the umbrella at the end, makes me think a little of Singing in the Rain. <laughs> All she needed was just a lamppost so she could do her thing. <laughs> And suddenly I have that song in my head. It's probably because she's dancing around with an umbrella, and so it makes me think of singing in the rain. Okay, so so you so you you love the lyrics, you you love the live performance. How do you feel about the demo version? I could see where she was going with the demo version. Um, the demo version was done with a full band. This was not one of her Kathy demos i.e. a song that she wrote when she was in her mid-teens and recorded on a really cheap tape recorder, mid-70s technology. The demo version is good. She's not quite there as far as her confidence vocally, I think, but you can see where she's going with it. And I like hearing demo versions of songs. Kate is one of those who doesn't release demos of her songs because she wants things to be perfect. And I can, as a musician, I can understand that. You want to present your stuff the best you can. But I like hearing embryonic versions of thing, of songs. I like hearing where things started or comparing, oh, wait, they tweaked. Wait, that lyric is different from here. 
As we usually end the show, uh, what about cover versions? Any good covers of this song? Um, I found a few. There's Danny McAvoy again. It's guy with a guitar. I like his version because again, I'm hearing a guy singing a Kate song. Come up and be a kite. Be all zip up as a can in my belly. Oh, my feet are heavy and I'm rooted in my belly. Oh, I don't wanna get away and go. Covers of Kate songs sung by guys, which I think is just really interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think because the impression I get from reviews I've read of her at the time that she was considered, oh yeah, this is like womanly kind of. She's singing about menstruation. She's singing about sex. She's singing about blah blah blah. It's very womanly, and yet I have seen so many guys covering her songs which is really really awesome to see it's like hey you know kind of doing their own take on her songs so i found one version from danny mcavoy whose covers are going to get played quite a bit on these episodes because he's covered a lot of kate songs and then i found a punk rock version (laughs) (laughs) a punk rock version this was the most interesting kate cover i'd ever heard and it was by the Dumb Tonics. <laughs> and I, they've only released a couple of things, and one of them is a punk rock version of this song. That's awesome. It is really interesting to hear. Here, you, you guys can take a listen here. Come up and meet the tide And fly a diamond night A diamond, diamond kite A diamond kite what a diamond, a diamond kite 
I found was from Sylvia Metalli and she sings kind of a straightforward cover of this song um, she I want to say from her accent is Italian plus from the name Silvia Metelli looks very Italiano so she sings it very straight like oh it's it's it sounds a lot like the original but she's singing it with a little bit of her Italian accent in there when she's singing it in English. Okay, so it is an English cover. It's just yep. sung by an Italian singer. Sung by an Italian singer. Come up and be interesting cover versions it's neat to hear how people interpret kate's songs especially the punk rock version that's the most interesting cover i have found so far for this project <laughs> like, whoa i never i never quite thought of her as punk rock but it works i think it does it's an interesting take yeah absolutely Well, uh, thank you for inviting me on to talk mm -hmm. about another Kate song. Uh, I, I enjoy this, although I do hope that soon you've got other fans uh, joining yes. you. Yes, because see, my husband's up here, so it's not just me talking. Otherwise, it gets boring, y'all just listening to one person, <laughs> one other people. So to end this show here, if you are a fellow Kate fan and you've got an absolute favorite Kate song or songs you want to talk about with a fellow Kate fan, Please, please, please hit me up either on Twitter at StrangeKateCast. You can also email me, KB, B as in boy, KBCast at link, that's link with an E, media.com. That's KBCast at linkmedia.com. I would love to hear from you. Also, if you know something about this week's song that we didn't get to, email me and I can add that into a future episode for hey, these are the extra things that we found out about these songs that we didn't know before. And so please hit me up. We want to hear from you. I want to hear from other Kate fans because we're all kind of scattered around the world here. So I want to hear from you. Please hit me up. I, I swear I'm really nice. Mm -hmm. I really am. I don't bite. Please. Plus, I get to nerd about Kate Bush. And we don't get to do that that often. So thank you for listening, and please, uh, if you're enjoying the show but can't, uh, but you can't uh, come on and talk about Kate Bush, it would also be greatly appreciated if you would uh, go ahead and uh, leave a review on iTunes. Yes, please. Reviews are good, so people will know that we're here. Please. Well, thank you very much for listening, everybody, and we'll see you all next week.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 